The Magi honored the baby Jesus and then went on their way. But we know we're called to do more. We only celebrate Christmas one time every year, but we believe the light of Christ is a gift meant to be shared every single day. And we have gifts as well. And it's through the sharing of those gifts that we truly honor Jesus and spread the gospel message of love, radical acceptance, forgiveness, and salvation for all. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the Feast of the Epiphany, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the Epiphany of the Lord, Cycle A. Our first reading is from Isaiah, it's chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, it's chapter 3, verses 2 and 3a, and verses 5 and 6. And our gospel reading is from Matthew, it's chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Isaiah is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Ephesians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Now, tonight we'll see that the camels are coming, the camels are coming. St. Paul spills the beans, and three wise guys go on a road trip. Okay, let's start by going through the readings. And then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will come, will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery 
is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Jesus Christ. And our gospel reading is from Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Isaiah. And this reading was, it was really all about foreshadowing the coming of Jesus as the light of the world. The prophet tried to show God's favor and disfavor by using the imagery of both the rising and the setting sun. It's, it's imagery that should seem pretty familiar because it's used a lot throughout scripture. Light is often used to show when God's happy with the people, while darkness usually means eh, they're in trouble. Now, in this passage, Isaiah said, lift your eyes and look about you. And then he described all the people coming together. He, he presented this image of Jerusalem as, as being a beacon, shining to all the nations and their rulers. I, I mentioned this reading is believed to foreshadow the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, but another reason it's used on the Feast of the Epiphany is because the Roman Catholic Church traditionally sees itself as being responsible for the world's enlightenment. Our role, the, the role of the church, is to help people see how much different the world looks when we see it with our eyes of faith. Because when we look with our eyes of faith, we'll see an amazing world that is lit up by the radiance of God. And that's, that's just a very churchy way of saying 
we'll actually see the beauty in all of creation if we learn to truly open our eyes. Now, there's, there's one other thing I'd like to point out about this reading. It, it talks about all the nations joining the sons and daughters of Israel, but it, it doesn't say why. Right? It doesn't say why they will be joining us. Really, you know, will they be running from something worse, or or will they will they be invited, or you know, will Jerusalem just be so freaking awesome that everyone will just find it absolutely irresistible? Well, if the Catholic Church believes that it's called to be the shining light that draws people to Christ, I think we probably need to start answering those questions, right? Why would people come? Are they running from something worse or are they invited? Right? Are we presenting something that's irresistible? Because a lot of what the institutional church has been focused on recently seems to be driving people away, not drawing them in. Anyway, the main message I got from our first reading is that we are called to share the light of Christ mm -hmm. with the world. Isaiah wrote that the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. As baptized Christians, we should understand this. and We should know that the Holy Spirit is, is with us and upon us. We know that Jesus came to be the light in the darkness. And we, we are called to share the light of Christ with the world. Our second reading was from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And, and in this passage, the passage that we read uh, from St. Paul, much like the first reading, it tells us that the gospel message isn't just for one particular group of people. It's not just meant for the Jews. It's meant for everyone. You may have noticed that St. Paul talks about a mystery being revealed to him. He talks about it this way because there are places in the gospel where Jesus made it very clear that the apostles are supposed to focus on the Jewish people and not worry about everyone else. But the risen Christ gave them different instructions. In fact, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Christ's Spirit, revealed the opposite instructions to St. Paul. That the, the gospel message isn't just for the Jews, it is for everyone. So he's explaining to the Ephesians that the kingdom of God is for everyone. It's one of those things that doesn't seem like a big deal to us because we know that the gospel isn't meant to be withheld, or we should know that. Right? It's not meant to be a secret. It's not supposed to be the, the rule book for some exclusive cult-like religion. Of course, another way that the true gospel message is actually kept secret today is when, like, for example, preachers of the so-called prosperity gospel, right, the, the Joel Osteens of the world, they make people believe that what they're supposed to do is wave their Bible around and claim Jesus as their personal Lord, Savior, and ticket to success. Right? It, if you face adversity or suffering, well, it's because you haven't prayed or donated enough. People get people who get sucked into that are blind and can't see the secret St. Paul told us about. They can't see that the gospel message is a message of love, 
radical acceptance, forgiveness, and redemption. And it's a message that is meant to be shared with everyone. So guess what? The main message I got from our second reading is that the true gospel message is meant for everyone. If that's the case, if if we really believe that, then how can we possibly limit the gospel to Mass on Sundays? Why, why would we keep it to ourselves? Why aren't we finding ways to share that message with everyone? We should figure out how to basically shout it from the rooftops because the true gospel message is meant for everyone. And speaking of the gospel message, in today's gospel passage from Matthew, we heard the, the story of the Magi. You know, the astrologers, actually, though they're often referred to as kings or wise men or wise guys or whatever. Anyway, we, we heard that familiar story of these magi who followed a star and found the newborn Jesus, who they believed would be the king of the Jews, right? The Messiah. Now, these magi aren't Jews, and yet they bring a bunch of gifts to pay homage to this newborn king of the Jews. For us, it, it's yet another indication that Jesus was born for everyone, not, not just for one specific group of people. What we sometimes overlook in the story, though, is that the Magi, they aren't just on a physical journey. They, they seem to be on a spiritual journey, too. They don't, they don't really know where they're going, but they just, they just keep following the star and trusting that they will, they will be led to the right place. They trust that God will get them there. And when they arrive, they honor Jesus with the gifts that they have brought. They, they see him for who he, who he really is, not just a, a baby in a humble little dwelling. They see him as the newborn king. And just like the Magi, we're on a spiritual journey too, or, or we should be. And this reading should help remind us that if we keep following the light, the Spirit will show us the way to Christ. Now, one other thing to mention about this reading is that Herod had no interest in worshiping the Messiah. In fact, he wanted the Messiah dead. I guess, yeah, a message of love and radical acceptance doesn't match up that well with the, the desire for power and authority over others. Well, we can take a lesson from the Magi in regards to this, too. When the motives of someone in authority seem sketchy, it's often best to listen to the Spirit instead. Anyway, the main message I got from our Gospel reading is that we need to honor Jesus with our gifts every day. You know, unlike the Magi, we're not going to arrive, pay homage, and then go back home by a different route. The spiritual journey we're on won't end until we arrive at home in heaven, which means that we need to do things a bit differently than what the Magi did. We need to honor Jesus with our gifts every single day. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Isaiah, the main message I came away with was we are called to share the light of Christ with the world. 
In our second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the main message I got was, the true gospel message is meant for everyone. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, we need to honor Jesus with our gifts every day. Now, the Magi honored the baby Jesus and then went on their way. But as Christians, we know that we're called to do more. And even though we only celebrate Christmas once a year, we believe that the light of Christ is a gift that's meant to be shared every single day and with everyone around the world. But we have gifts to share as well. And it's through the sharing of those gifts that we truly honor Jesus and spread the gospel message of love, radical acceptance, forgiveness, and salvation for all. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I try to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because the mission of the church is our mission too. And if the Catholic Church believes that that passage from Isaiah is a prophecy about its mission to the world, then we should ask if the church is actually fulfilling that mission or not. I mean, if we really are a universal church, then we all share in that same mission as members of the church, right? So we should care enough to ask a couple tough questions. Shouldn't the universal church be a heck of a lot more accepting and welcoming of others and less judgmental? And how can we help everyone see the light of Christ when there's so much darkness in the world and when some of that darkness seems to be caused by the church itself? We should care enough to ask these questions to help other Catholics recognize the honest answers and then we should care enough to drive positive change in the church and in the world. And the last question I try to answer is, well, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, if we want to help the church be more accepting and welcoming, then let's start where we can actually have an immediate impact. Let's start by ensuring our own parishes reflect the gospel message. So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. What would a visitor to your parish think after attending Mass a couple times? When you're thinking about this question, go beyond the homily. Right? What's it like before Mass begins? What's the energy during Mass? How, how is the liturgy of the, the Word proclaimed? Is it monotone and boring, or is it something that you can actually listen to and enjoy? What's the music like? Is everything somber and solemn or, or more lively and energetic? Whatever it is, does it reflect the, the soul of the parish? And can someone, can someone see the light of Christ without being an insider? If not, then, then what needs to change? But it all starts with spending some time answering the question, what would a visitor to your parish think? after attending Mass a couple of times. Before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about 
what uh, visitors experience when they attend Mass at your parish, remember what we read in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. <laughs> you never know who might show up in the pew next to you. So let's make sure we're making them feel welcomed and helping them see the light of Christ. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I do encourage you to just use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide. <laughs>